Good morning. It is Monday, November 25th, 7.18 a.m. I hope you all had a good week. It has gotten, finally has gotten much colder in the city. So I think we're having, experiencing a winter-like symptom. <laughs> um, oh my God. So yeah, I woke up and was just freezing my butt off. So I'm actually kind of happy about it. Not to be freezing, of course, but in general, I feel way more productive when it's cold out. I don't know why. I like the clothes better, too. So, yeah, I'm working, still working on eliminating stuff from my closet. I'm down to 14 items. But then I have to do laundry. Ugh. So that might raise my items up. I always throw away or like donate something when I every time I do laundry. So I'll probably get rid of more, even more clothes this time. It's mostly towels. So yeah, I got a new sailor suit. It's from the 40s, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I've already worn it like three times. I gave it a wash yesterday. But, um, yeah, me and Taylor, we went down to Pataluma, and it was so fun. I had been looking forward to it all week. We uh, left the the city at 10, got into Pataluma, I guess around 11.34, if I recall, um, the first order of business was we went to a little rag bin and they just had housewares and yeah, I got some cool things for my Christmas tree coming up and Taylor got a big travel bag, um, instead of Dooney and Burke, it's like Dooney and Diana or something. Diana, Diana or something really. At first it looks like the real thing. Um, and then we went to this kind of like country store that was attached to a spa and sauna repair supply place. Cause I guess out in Paluma you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of that sort of thing in your leisure time. But man, it was so good. It was like a lunch place. And so it set up like a little grocery store, but they also have this huge, these huge rows. I think there's maybe about five big barbecue barrel type grills. And there's one dude manning them. And there's a veranda that wraps around and there's picnic tables in the front. You can sit in the veranda or you can sit out on the lawn. It was just heavenly. They had all manners of barbecued items. They had sal- big salads for only $8, which maybe if you're listening and you're not in San Francisco, you're like, that's expensive. No, salads salads are not cheap. Nothing's cheap in San Francisco, honey. So it's like, uh, you know, you might pay an average of 17 plus tax, plus healthy San Francisco, like 4% plus tip, you end up with a $25 salad. 
but yeah, this one was only eight bucks. Um, we each got one. We each got Cobb salads. I gave her my egg because I, they always overdo the egg on a Cobb salad if you get it somewhere. So I gave her my egg. And then we got uh, barbecued oysters. And we also had this like fancy kombucha that had I think 7.5% alcohol in it. We each shared one. I didn't really feel buzz at all or anything. It was it was delicious. But the oysters were so good. They were huge. We got half garlic ones and half barbecue and I ate most of them. <laughs> Uh, Taylor got full. Um, but yeah, they were so delicious. I, I think they might be the best barbecued oysters I've ever had. Then we hot-footed it over to the, I guess, kind of like the town square or something. Um, Pataluma Street or Pataluma Boulevard or something like that. Um, and... We went to this antique store. When you go downstairs, there's a military museum. And I believe I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's pretty freaking cool. Um, but yeah, you go in. There's all this military stuff. I got a few things for the store. But my main objective was to get some navy whites. And I did. And the pants have all these weird stains on the front, like blood and rust. And that's that's what I'm looking for. I like some form of dishevelment. Um, if I'm going to be wearing old clothes, you know, that's one thing in this business. I mean, there's two different types of uh, aesthetics going, I guess. Well, there's many different types, but there are two that are opposite to each other. And one is where, you know, the customer wants a pristine vintage item, preferably dead stock, preferably stored in, you know, optimum temperature and under perfect conditions, no... No moths, no men's, original buttons, and, you know, all the, all the, everything original, fabric not faded, no signs of age, no signs of wear, no matter what the decade. And, you know, I am happy to accommodate them. I must say there are, are a lot of things in my in my collection and things that I have sold that meet those standards. And then you have your customer who, which is usually the 80% of customers. I think the, the customer, my customer that I met, that type that I just mentioned is probably about, I don't know, maybe 10% of the customer. And 80% of the customer is they know that the item has been worn before and they're okay with that. <laughs> um, even though I do wash everything by hand, um, they know that, yeah, maybe a button's been replaced or I had to mend it or um, something like that. And then the other 10% is me. 
and I like the stuff that's falling, just falling apart. I mean, I wear things until they fall apart. And so I can relate to people who wore their things back then till they fell apart. Or I'll buy something that's so sturdy, it'll take years to fall apart. And I can be there for the aging of the garment. Like a good pair of jeans or something, or some some boots. I'll be there for the aging of it. Um, now, you don't want your shoes to fall in a disrepair. You know, um, holes and holes and soles are just, and, you know, run-down heels and that sort of thing are just... Those are the exceptions to the rule. You want your shoes to be be sturdy and well cared for. Everything else can just go to hell. Same with jewelry. You don't want to have mix your metals. You don't want to have things that are going to turn your skin green. Things with trite designs. Unless they make you happy or have sentimental value. But generally speaking, you want something that's a real metal that you can wear every day. And if you got your shoes and your jewelry unlocked, then then your clothes can pretty much be falling off your body. So yeah, I was really stoked about these these uh, whites. The top is pretty pretty pristine, even though it's just as old. I think they came from two different sailors or something. But I managed to spill red wine all over the top the the front of the top. And so yeah, I had to. I was forced to wash them and everything's fine. The blood stains are still on the pants. Um, so that was great. And then I went home. Taylor got some, Taylor got a little monkey suit jacket. Um, I believe it was the, the French one is the one that she went with. Lest I forget, it looked really cute on her. So then I went home and I lounged around for a bit and then went out with Taylor again. She picked me up and it, this time I was accompanied by uh, Burke and their friend John who's visiting from out of town as well. We all went to the right spot and it was fairly slow and thank god we had the nice waitress oh there's this one who i i do not know her name and i wouldn't give her name anyway but there's this one who tries to double charge me every single time for my manhattan i'm like she she does it's almost like a little scam because if you go at the time like right when happy hours ending and then there's a shift change She'll charge, she will charge me when she's coming on to the shift, even after I've already paid my tab, she'll charge me again for the Manhattan. And it's happened like three times. And on the third time, that was not the charm. And I said, you have tried to charge me double for that. Go look over those tabs, ma'am. See those tabs behind you, ma'am? Those tabs those ones there now look yep there's a manhattan it's been paid it's on that little spike but yeah I, I think it's a it's a scam or something i don't i don't like it i don't like it when she does it and she's really aggressive too i'm just like 
honey. Um, so yeah, it's disturbing. So I, when I'm at the bar there, I just try to keep a tab going on like a card or something because then you can't be overcharged. But that didn't happen this time. We all sat at a table um, for Friday night. It was kind of slow. Um, there was a lady with long brown hair clad head to toe in, in black velvet separates um, playing the piano. Some kind of classical mixed in with La Vie and Rose, which is delightful. And then a a guitarist accompanied her about halfway through to kind of a jazz a jazz guitar. Um, like a Django right heart thing. Um, so yeah. So it's me, Taylor, Burke, John, and then a couple of John's work associates met us, and then Chris met us. And we all had a carafe of wine. Some people had beer. Some people had cocktails. I believe the guy to my right had some sort of margarita situation happening. Um, And then we all had their kind of weird bar food. (laughs) The food at Right Spot's kind of weird, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I had the buffalo wings, which are just... There, you know the, you know how there's two types of wigs. There's ones that look like drumsticks, and the ones that look like, like a harmonica or something. And you have to try to get the meat out of the harmonica. <laughs> I had all harmonicas. I was like, can't you just give me one regular damn wig? But no. Um, they, I wanted to get fried calamari, but they were out of that, which I was like, ooh, I'm glad because. I wouldn't want the last calamari from that place. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, that place has been shut down for unsanitary food. <laughs> it is kind of laughable for some reason. Can we still keep going? Um, but yeah, the last calamari in that freezer bag. No, thank you. It'd probably be like, if I'm getting the harmonica wings, it's probably getting some little, you know, earwax blobs or something. Um, And then, for some reason, though, Brussels sprouts are always on the menu. (laughs) It's like a braised, it's a a food trend from 2010 or something, or 2009. Like, it's where they marinate them in fruit juice, and then they, like do some baking grilled things they kind of look like these translucent papery balls um but two people at our table ordered the brussels sprouts and they bring you a huge portion like it probably like give you like the most painful gas or something um so yeah we were there for a while uh and it was it was fun. It was nice catching up with John. It was great catching up with Burke and Taylor again. I, <laughs> of course it was. Um, and the people to my right were were quite pleasant as well. Uh, I didn't really talk much to Chris. He was at the very end of the table, and I really just kind of talked to whoever's around me. 
So uh, then we piloted to a Burke station wagon and we went back up to Noe Valley and played cards. We played 99 until almost 2 in the morning. Had some more red wine. It got real goofy. Um, I won some. Nope. I, actually, I'll take that back. I started to win and then I lost each game. So I was the first loser. I was the first man out. Um, I like playing 99. Apparently, it really passes the time. I could see why it's important to have a deck of cards or something if you're going to a place that doesn't have and the other entertainments around you. So yeah, I enjoyed myself, and then I took a lift home and went to bed. Um, let's see what else it is. It's kind of a blur. And then Saturday, I shipped for about four hours. I had an insane amount of shipments to, to get out. It was, it was ludicrous how many shipments. And after that, I rewarded myself with a matinee. And this one was at the Metreon 16. It was a sold out show. One moment, please. Sorry, I had to blow my nose. Um, It was a sold out show. And it was called, it was for a movie called The Good Liar, starring Meryl Streep and Ian McClellan, or Ian McKellen. And let me tell you this, the movie must have been advertised in the AARP or something because it was, it, it was a packed house. It was a packed, uh, it was a packed matinee, 3.30 p.m. matinee of old people. It was, I mean, and I'm not talking baby boomers. I'm talking the elderly. There was somebody who had like a, like a walker type thing and they had their caretaker and they're using, there was this elaborate seating set up where they, their seats were all the way up and the caretaker was kind of letting the, the, the customer lean on them as they go up the stairs and then they went and got their little wheelchair thingy-mabobber. There was so much confusion because like now when you go to a theater you have to buy a lot of theaters you have to reserve your seat. So you can't just walk into a theater and sit down. Well um, some of them did that. They went ahead and did that and that's why it pays to go. I just had a hunch that I should show up 20 minutes early to this matinee. I don't know what it was. I'm glad I trusted my intuition. Because if I hadn't, Lord knows, I think I may have been one of the, the few people who didn't have to play musical chairs. Um, yeah, so I was, seated, I was seating in the third row up towards the end, like the outside of the row, which is kind of where I prefer. So if I need to go to the bathroom, I don't have to bother anyone. Um, I was seated there and there was so much elderly shenanigans. I mean, yeah, there, um, I was seated in a row where there were a few people that 
<laughs> the husbands and the wives all, they're probably in their mid to late 70s and they all had pretty extensive plastic surgery. So that was a hoot. Um, no judging, no hating, but it was cool to see before the lights went out. And then just lots of confusion. I mean, lots of confusion as to where they would sit. Eventually an usher came in and settled a dispute. Now this was all happening during the previews. And it's weird, I never saw a preview of this film. I just loved Helen Mirren, so I was thinking, I want to go see it because I love her. Don't care what it's about, but it's a kind of a spy versus spy type thing. And I tell you, this movie was made definitely for old people to enjoy. It's kind of like a slightly darker episode of Murder, She Wrote, but maybe slightly less entertaining as well. And I don't want to give it away, just in case I've whetted your curiosity, um, but, but basically two old people in England have a big dispute over money. How's that? And there's lots of twists and turns, but they are the pacing of the film. It makes the movie about as exciting as a bowl of cereal without milk. And yeah, I I did enjoy it. I was like, oh well, all's well that ends well when I left the theater. <laughs> I had gotten a pumpkin spice latte, which I stuck into the theater, and also some nuts and whatnot from Trader Joe's before I went in there. So I had my own, my own little secrets. But yeah, it was the whole thing was really kind of funny. I love that it was a packed matinee. Uh, it's a weird. I I I just. I never saw a preview for it, and I see a couple movies a week, or, you know, at most. So it, it was really funny. And then I went home and started working on my projects. I have another sweater. So I'm banging that out. Yesterday, I went to the flea market and at Alamany, and this lady from Eugene had tables like she and her husband had huge tables they do estate jewelry and they had a ton of jewelry there just so much there was three other jewelry vendors near them but they just they were not getting the same traffic because of the sheer volume and the low price of the jewelry displayed here um and i as i was just about to check out i had some antique gift boxes which I need for the holiday season. I just got, and she told me she said, "I have more." And I said, "Oh, great!" And so she went and got the box, and she put it on the table. And there was this this hawkish, just awful woman with no manners. I could tell that she was going to try to start digging through the box that the lady brought out for me. So I took the box and I lifted it up. Sometimes you have to do that when somebody, you don't want someone breathing down your throat when you're trying to select jewelry. And also, 
you do not it's so rude to just lean in and start digging through something that someone has has been laid out for someone else you wait your damn turn so I had the box to my chest and I was looking at it, looking through it, and that bitch reached over and like tried to grab some little paper box out of there. And I turned oh my god. Oh my god. I turned I turned around and I said, Do you mind? I said, You're being real pushy. And she dropped the box back into the bin that I was holding. She's like, well, I guess you want it more than I do. And I said, you're rude. You're extremely rude. Then she went off. She went off over to another side of the table. This is a grown-ass woman. This is a baby boomer, by the way. Surprise, surprise. She was like in her late 50s, early 60s. Maybe maybe more early to mid-60s. But... she just she did that on sheer compulsion because I wanted it or because I had it. maybe I didn't want that particular box but because I was given something specifically to look at she could not handle it I was about to bust her bony face up I really was I didn't want to cut myself with the shards of her skull but um yeah that it it gets so annoying People just follow you around and they'll hone in and like lean in. It's like, honey, you don't have, we, we don't have the same tastes. So you can just wait your turn. Um, and just the rudeness. I, you know, when I, I used to work for this other estate sale company, not, not Robert, but kind of a little in between Robert. And I won't say any names, but there, this estate sale company, they had the rudest, most pushy, most egregious antique dealers. Like they're horribly, it's like a scene or something, you know, and they all, all of them sell at Alimany. So I recognize them, these horrible customers that would just push through, like, we're trying to set up the jewelry cases. We're trying to set up these antiquities. And they would just push through and demanding. There's this one lady who sells at Alameda. I call her the bird lady. Because she looks like a mixture between like a crow and a crane and a vulture. And then little Miss Pity Pat, her sidekick, who looks like a teapot. Which I'm not shaming anyone. I'm merely describing how they... I'm merely describing what they look like. So I'm not casting insults to teapots or anything like that. Just to be clear. But they would come in and they were so extremely rude and so grabby and demanding. And then there's this other Mr. Walrus who has a walrus mustache and wears a top hat and he's lascivious on top of it i'd like to see you outside of those overalls sometime i'd like to see your womanly form disgust disgust but i see all those people i see them all set up at at alameda and alamany and all that 
nothing gives me greater pleasure to ignore them. Sometimes they will try to like compete with me for for things that I myself am selecting. Or sometimes I'll accidentally end up in one of their booths. And Miss Pity Pat at Alameda tried to sell me or you know, she went into a very long, like lugubrious speech of this what was this repro this eighteen thirties repro dress that she had made and was trying to sell it for hundreds of dollars and she was going on and on and on about it in her her smug like nerdy son was in the background like chewing with his mouth open I'm like yeah you're really you're really selling some precious goods here ma'am kind of kind of just so I could hear her run her mouth and then at the end I happened to notice that of her spiel she was talking about how much money it cost her to make the dress and I was like oh but you used machine lace on it ma'am how's that I, how, why do you do that? And then I walked away. <laughs> and I was like, wow, Michelle, you can be kind of petty sometimes. But also, I just, I think I had to get in, I had to get a dig in. And it kind of felt good. And I do normally avoid her booth, but I guess I was just in a mood that day. Um, but yeah, don't. But, you know, for real, if you're going to, I feel that she was definitely lying about how much she spent on the, on the cloth and everything. And it, I doubt that it cost her what she said it cost to make. And it was definitely not worth what she was trying to sell it to me for. So yeah, if it were at, you know, executed at such a cost, why would you use machine lace? Anyway, I have really gone on one today. Um, Generally, I guess the rule of the game is be nice to people. Sorry, some allergies. Um, You never know when you might have to encounter them again. And who knows, maybe someday they might just want to get a little dig in. You know, uh, yeah, I deal with a lot of pushy people, but I also deal with a lot of really nice people. And I won't, I won't go so far to say as they're unsung heroes or anything, but yeah, most of the people are really nice. But then it can really, you know, certain estate, certain estate sale companies will attract extremely rude, pushy customers. And, certain places will will attract you know nicer customers um and then when you go out to you know the flea markets and whatnot it's got its own culture and you see a lot of the same people every every time you know um so yeah I do my best to make sure that I'm not in anyone's way or anything like that. But if you're going to get in my way, you better get out. All right. Well, I've got to get, I've got to get going. Zelda's coming over. I've got to finish the sweater. It's a long day ahead of me.
I hope you all have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.